Well, good morning. And happy Easter. Wow, that was pretty scattered. Can we try that again? Happy Easter. Happy Easter. <laughs> that sounds more like an Easter greeting. Um, it, it is good to be here and, and gathered together here in Ashland Place in our sanctuary. And those of you who are joining us on our virtual platforms, I just want to say thank you for choosing to worship with us this morning on this Easter. Uh, it's been a, a wonderful occasion, a wonderful day, um, preceded by a powerful week of services that I want to um, acknowledge and, and say thank you uh, to the chancel choir and the bell choir for leading us this past week on Monday, Thursday, and last night for our Good Friday service was powerful. It was an incredible experience. And I just want to give it up for you because you did such a great job. You know, this is um, working our way through Lent, you know, considering our, our mortality and our human condition and everything that it means to be human in this broken world and our broken condition. Uh, we landed in Holy Week and we kind of marched through Holy Week and we were reminded of just how broken we really are. If we, if we take that, the compressed Holy Week as a microcosm of humanity in our condition, we can see a lot. It reveals, it discloses humanity for what we really are. If we think about Jesus Christ coming in on that triumphant entry on Palm Sunday, and there we were with all of those gathered, we were cheering Jesus on, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And then we, we paraded with him, we processed all the way to the temple, and we continued to, to sing out, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest as he turned over those tables and ran out the money changers and those who were selling animals in those outer courts. He was doing something different, something important, something that was going to change everything. And he made this act. He offered this act of, of turning over the tables in the temple as a sign that everything was changing. And then we... We, we stood around and watched and we cheered and we were awestruck by the teaching and the, and the healing that he was doing. And the children began to sing out, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And then on Thursday, as, as time was growing short, and we gathered at, on Monday, Thursday, as we gathered with Jesus and his disciples around that table, as he offered that last supper of his, of his earthly ministry, and he told those gathered there that he would be betrayed by a friend, by a disciple. And he would be arrested. And he would be charged and convicted in a mock court. And he would be sent to the Roman officials who would crucify him and kill him on a cross. And on the third day, he would raise up. We were there. The church, our faith, invites us and reminds us that we are there, fully disclosed of everything that we are and we are not. 
when the disciples were walking through the, the Garden of Gethsemane with their Lord, our Lord, Jesus Christ. We were there. And when Judas came and kissed him on the cheek and betrayed him, we were there. That's our human condition to betray. When the disciples were confused by Jesus being arrested, we were there and we were confused. And when they ran and scattered out of fear, we were there and we ran and we scattered because we were afraid. And we hid from God in our shame. And we hid from one another in our shame. And when they took him to the high priest's home and began to challenge and accuse Jesus, we stayed outside. And we tried to warm ourselves with Peter and those who were in the courtyard to no avail. And we were there when Peter denied, and we denied knowing the Nazarene. We denied even knowing our Messiah, our Savior, our Lord. And then we abandoned him completely as he faced his accusers, as he was face to face with the power of the world. And then we sat and waited. We didn't know what we were waiting for, but we kept going back and forth to this tomb, wondering what would happen next. Is he really dead? Is it possible that he's still alive? And no, he was not. Holy Week brings all of this home for us. And it discloses everything that is broken and wrong with us. And then, and then, the first day of the week, the first Easter of all mankind, of all human history, comes and changes everything. We follow Mary Magdalene and the other Mary as they make their way to this tomb just to sit and wait. And again, wait for what? We don't know. Wait for something, anything. A good word, a good sign. As we make our way there with Mary Magdalene and, and, and the other Mary, there's this thunderclap and a lightning, a bolt of lightning, and there we find this messenger who has rolled away the stone from the, from the tomb and is sitting there on top of it with dressed in, in clothes dazzling as snow white. And we're afraid. And we're confused because we're still waiting and we don't know what we're waiting for. And little do we know. And little have we recognized and acknowledged that everything has changed when that stone rolled away and that tomb was found empty because Jesus was no longer there. He had been resurrected, raised up by God to a new life, a transformed life, transforming everything. When Matthew speaks of, of this earthquake and lightning strike, 
He is speaking of more than just this one event, this one day, this one moment in time. He is speaking of an event that continues to become, continues to move, continues to change and transform lives in human history. That's the power of the resurrection. That's the power of Easter, that lives are transformed. All of human history is being transformed before our very eyes because at the resurrection, God discloses, reveals, and unfolds His kingdom that is beginning to grow from Judea, from Jerusalem, into Galilee, into all parts of the world. And He sends these two women as a spark. Go tell my brothers that I am going to Galilee and they will go to Galilee and meet me there. All this stuff that has been compressed and disclosed about human, our human condition and the disciples of their betrayal, their denial, their fear, their shame, their hiding, their abandonment, everything that we have been guilty of has been made new, has been forgiven This relationship that was fractured and broken through the course of Holy Week has been made whole. When Jesus says, tell my brothers, not tell those scoundrels, tell those rascals, tell those fear mongers, tell my brothers to come to Galilee. Matthew makes clear that our human condition is being transformed by the power of the cross and the power of the resurrection. Easter. Now I was watching this quirky little uh, documentary. It was called um, The Crucifixion Earthquake. And it follows this geologist. I don't know if you've ever heard of this. It's a, an odd little thing to watch I haven't finished watching it but it really caught my attention it's about this geologist who was on a trip with some friends some colleagues and they were in Europe and they were supposed to fly back to the United States and and he did not get on the plane he didn't board the plane for that trip home but his two friends did the plane crashed and they died in the crash and that was in 1996 And for 20 years, this has bothered him, puzzled him, confused him. And he has been searching for answers for 20 years. Why did they die and he did not? Why? What is so important about my life that I would not board the plane, that I would not die? Why is this happening? And so as he's kind of searching this out through, his, through psychology and through um, religion and philosophy and psychology, he's trying to figure all this out, and he finally reaches for a Holy Bible and begins to read through it from cover to cover. And he arrives in the, in the Gospel of Matthew. When in the Gospel of Matthew, he's describing the crucifixion and how there was an earthquake at the crucifixion. And when Jesus dies, the curtain is torn. This outer curtain of the temple is torn from top to bottom. This enormous, thick, heavy curtain, probably 30 feet tall, tears. 
And this struck him, this geologist. This began to plague him. And he wanted to know if that was real. Did this earthquake really happen? And did it happen at that point in time? And if it did, why? So he went on his 20-year search to find the earthquake, which I just thought was very peculiar. How do you find an earthquake that's 2,000 years old? You go to the Dead Sea, apparently. The Dead Sea, it, it, the way it's, the, the earth is there, creates strata. And it captures seismic events from all over the region. And so he was looking for wrinkles in the strata. And they would time test, date these different earth samples from the Dead Sea. What caught me in all of this was his need to know what was important. What caught me in this was that he read the gospel, the good news, and read one little piece that I will just glance over. There was an earthquake and the curtain tore. I've read that a hundred times. But for him, it sparked something. He wanted to know why was that so important. For Matthew, it was important. For Matthew, this earthquake signified an eschatological event, something that was beyond human history, beyond the time of humanity. This was a God thing, a future thing, something that would continue to move, continue to become, continue to unfold and reveal itself. For Matthew... This earthquake at the crucifixion and again at the resurrection are signs, eschatological signs, time, signs of the end, the end of human history that says God is doing something. God is unfolding the kingdom of God in our midst. And this continues to unfold Day after day after day, moment after moment after moment. And we as the church, as members, citizens of the kingdom of God, are called to pay attention and to celebrate every revelation, every disclosure of the kingdom of God that we see revealed in our midst. Because when Matthew says, go to Galilee, what Matthew is saying is go to the gateway of the world and begin to proclaim the good news that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. And when Matthew says, go tell my brothers, we can hear Christ say to us, you are forgiven, my brother and sister. You are forgiven of your condition. We are in a whole relationship together. That earthquake at the resurrection is important because it tells us 
that God has done something, is doing something, will do something that will change everything about our lives. And that is the Easter message. That is the good news, that Christ has risen, He is risen indeed. And in that, we can run, run to Galilee, run through the Garden of Gethsemane, run through the valley of the shadow of death, boldly, because we know Jesus has gone before us and is calling us to Himself. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Say it like you mean it. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And amen.